and welcome everyone to Aravipa Trail Talk Live number 76. And I am today once again joined by Scott Trayer here, one of our race directors, and Bryce Brooks behind, what do we call it? Behind the lens? Behind the Behind scenes? the scene? Behind the computer? Hiding? Yeah. Awesome. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Mm -hmm. We're heading into the holidays uh, here, I guess, in North America, maybe around the world. And we are going to be chatting about a few things today. We are potentially not going to have a show next week uh, due to some of my travel plans, but we are heading into a prime season here for running in the Valley of the Sun in Arizona and specifically Aravipa. So we want to talk a little bit about our upcoming events, do a little preview of our next race in the Desert Runner Trail Series, the McDowell Mountain Frenzy, and shout out to Terry Rashid, Trail Dance Productions. We're watching one of her past videos of the McDowell Mountain Frenzy. Did she do the 50 miler? This is the 50 miler in 2019. Nice. So a couple years back, you can get a sense for what that race is going to be like. We're going to get into that as we've got some exciting things happening with that that we've touched on, but we're going to go more in depth and we're going to kick things off and start talking about, um, I think just our December calendar. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. So, uh, next man, where are we at? Just the first weekend in December with McDowell mountain frenzy. That will also be the, I guess the fourth edition of the fat ox endurance runs. This race has changed shape a couple times. So it started out as my younger brother's, college thesis he was doing a study for fat oxidation and that is where we got the name fat ox so i was one of his subjects we had about a dozen people we had to be studied by his team they recorded everything we ate and drank for 50 miles cool. running around nardini manor and it was a good time and we've resurrected that event as part of the fixed time nardini series and this year we have a brand new venue at Australia mountain regional park we are on a 1,590 point something meter sidewalk loop. It is almost a mile, just shy. And we have over 100 people joining us for up to 48 hours of running. It's going to be a great time. We still have some spots available. There's a certified 100 mile distance. And yes, we will be marking it properly. <laughs> wink, wink. And so you will have a chance, um, of course, to set any sort of USATF records at this event. And we'll do all the necessary paperwork. And we also have Frenzy that weekend as well. So we'll be kicking off Fat Ox on Friday. And then we have uh, the whole McDowell Mountain Frenzy weekend, which will be daytime trail running races, nighttime trail running races, and then a bike race on Sunday. So there's plenty to do. Uh, the weekend after that, we have the Desert Solstice Track Invitational here at Central High School. We will have a live stream of that. And then the Tucson Marathon's also happening that morning. We have the cave creek thriller coming up the um, then weekend after that and then we have across the years at the end of the month so there's Ooh, plenty to wee. run don't overdo it anyone or take maybe care overdo it maybe that's all right if you overdo it a little it's the holidays that's yeah you what could you probably do. you could probably do like seven races with us in the month of december if you if you so chose so whoo that was a whirlwind um we will get where should we go from here bryce there's so much to talk about i feel like there is a lot to talk about um part of me just wants to say jump right into mcdowell mountain frenzy Let's but but there were we could do some recaps before we do that yeah um, what are you feeling like scott yeah let's Jay, do the recaps let's, like let's out keep there in the world cliffhanger for okay. frenzy 
Yeah. Yeah, we've got a, an announcement of our 50-mile prize, so oh stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, all right, so let's look around what's happening in trail and ultra right now. So we just had the JFK 50. You have some notes on that, Bryce? Yeah, so, I mean, we had some local runners out there, uh, which is cool to see. So Natalie Sandoval, uh, Phoenix resident, fourth female, uh, which is really cool to see. Uh, we also had Jared Irvin, who uh, runs out of Ahwatukee, runs a lot of our races, went out there, finished his first 50-miler. Uh, 50 50-miler, yep. Great time, nine hours, great race for him. And we had Mr. Preston Cates from Flagstaff coming in third place for the males. He was stoked for that event. I was talking to him at Javelina, an event that kind of plays into his his strong suits coming off a uh, college career racing. Uh, and that course is just, you know, it's got some trail, but it's mainly flat and fast. And that was what he was looking for. So big shout out to Preston and the Nike team for putting a great performance out there. And Preston, we good job. Podium. And we saw a new women's course record this year from Sarah Beal. 606. 605. 605. And that was taking down an Ellie Greenwood decade-old course record. Wow. So, of course, her other decade-old course record would be Western States 100. Mm-hmm. Um, that one has stood the test of time. It's kind of surprising both those records have it stood is. so long. It's a huge shout-out to Ellie for, for her performances there. It's incredible. And so... The one interesting thing I uh, find about JFK that's kind of become a growing trend and almost probably an essential part of the race these days, I was talking to Bryce about this, is the changing of the shoes after the Appalachian Trail onto the towpath. People are like, you know, they get kind of their technical running out of the way mm -hmm. and then they throw on some some super shoes and then burn it into the finish. How yeah. big of a factor do you think that is in these faster times? I don't know. I get a lot of questions that coaching, right? Should I change shoes? Should I not change shoes? But I'm still someone that I'm comfortable wearing road shoes on trails. Mm. And again, I grew up in on trails like that, rocky, steep. Uh, so you kind of get used to it. Whereas if you're not from the East Coast, it's a little different running out there. So I could see why people would want to go that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you can slip them on quickly. I'm always afraid. I don't want to eat up a minute just sitting there changing shoes, and it's like I can get off this section fairly quick. Yeah, that's a question. You know, can you make up that stopped time, like whether it's one to three minutes? I don't know. I guess some of these transitions are pretty quick these days with triathletes and Ironmans oh. that just slip on, slip off. Yeah, yeah, so that's a tough one. I feel obviously, to me, it's always the, the shoe or the sneaker, as I like to call it, always has to be a function first fit second, performance third. So it's like the sneaker is no good if it doesn't work for your foot. So like I know personally none of the super shoes fit well on my feet, so I don't use them. I would love to use them because, I mean, the research has shown they do have a benefit, especially on flat, fast, solid, uh, stable surfaces. But, yeah, I think it's a tough a tough one, right? Right? Because if, if your everyday shoes work well for you, you don't want to put on these sneakers that you hardly are training in and could prevent foot problems. So... I'd be curious if anyone, maybe Preston's watching the show. We can ask him if he had any any sneaker changes. I don't know. I'm curious if the elites are changing sneakers. It'd be cool to get a report of a list of the top 10 men, top 10 women as they come off and see how many actually changed. Well, I know uh, Natalie did, I think. I'm pretty sure Natalie did. I thought on one of her Instagram yep. posts yeah. I saw two different pairs of shoes. But what I noticed is that the first place male, I forget his name. I know he's a Salt Lake, Utah runner. Yep. It looked like he finished in Hoka Tectons, which okay. are their lighter carbon plated or, yep. or plated trail shoe. Yep. 
and it looked like that's what he was finishing it with. And if I'm not mistaken, JFK runs trail first, yep. road second. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that probably would have been my approach too. I probably would have worn the same sneaker the whole way. I don't know. I guess. Yeah, that would have been hot. But again, I think it's whatever you're comfortable in. Tough decision. Yep. For the men, we had Garrett Corcoran yep. was your winner. Um, he is a former University of Carol California runner, also sub four minute miler. Ooh. And he finished in five twenty nine. So not not a course record, but it is the fifth fastest all time. Probably athletes. would have been a course record up until just a few years ago. Yeah. You only have Hayden Hawks, Adam Peterman, Jim Walmsley, and Stephen Kirsch wow. faster. That's some good company to be in. And then so. this is actually I think this is him strolling to the finish line right here. Yep. Nice beard, nice shorts. What run slut? Look at this oh, cat. Salt Lake, Utah. I'm liking this guy already. Me too. <laughs> one glove? Is that one glove? Is he wearing one glove? <laughs> is that the Maryland flag as shorts? Yep, it looks like it. Wow. I like the Maybe the some sort of compression on his left ankle. Yeah, like an ankle brace. He's <laughs> got a lot going on there. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Um, all right. And shout out to Ian Torrance, 27th JFK finish. Oh, good job. Wow. Man. Still crushing. Yep. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? Makai Clemens, shout out to second place. Makai. Oh. Great job. San Diego, I think. There he was in San Diego. Um, but yeah. We also had the Golden Gate Trail Classic that happened this weekend. I didn't realize that this was taking place this weekend. I guess I'm a little out of the loop. Um, but we did have quite a few folks running that one. And we had David Laney and Amelia Boone won. I guess I don't know if they had it 100K last year or if that was a change for this year. I know this one has kind of been a pseudo replacement for the, the old TNF 50. Um, Got some money in the event as well. Yeah, some prize some money. So checks. you had David Laney, yeah, like I said, winning. They had like 2500 in prize money for the top two. I think um, uh, the David Laney win by like a huge margin, like more, like maybe close to two hours. It's wow. possible. Yeah, and we were kind of saying there was really zero coverage of this event. I think by almost no one in the sport. Right. Spartan didn't seem to do much. Um, like they're, I think they didn't even make a single post on race day, <laughs> like on their social media, which is kind of wild. I think that the is. only reason I saw it is because I saw Amelia Boone post about like holding the check at the finish line. Yep, I saw that photo. Um, That's how I, I knew about it as well. The results seem. Oh, here we go. I'm trying to pull up the results here. Let's see. Yeah, they had a 10K half marathon, 50K, 100K. And overall. And where is that? Is that out on the out in Marin Headlands? So it starts and finishes now uh, in Chrissy Field. Yep. Like, and then I think you run, actually, I don't know for sure, but I think you either run out across the bridge and then run around and then come back, or they might start you out there and then you finish at, gotcha. at there. But yes, it was an over, oh, wow. Yeah, I think David Lane, it looks like David Laney won and Amelia Boone was second overall over two hours later. Is it? Wow. And they had 44 people finish. Oh, small field, big check. 58 miles. Oh, wait, no, yeah. 
44 people ran that one. So, yeah. Well, congrats, David. Congrats, Amelia Boone. And then they had the 50K. That was looks like a, maybe slightly more competitive, but still about 140 people finished that one. You had your winner uh, was Alexander something, 431. So Cool. Yep. They can buy some nice uh, holiday presents with that big check <laughs> they got. Absolutely. Don't forget to send something this way. And coming up, I think there's a definitely a lot more fanfare around this event, the Ultra Trail Cape Town. Oh, yeah. Have you had a chance to run down that way before? Never. Never been there. I've coached uh, a couple athletes there, a few athletes that I coach from South uh, Africa. It's steep. It's rocky. It's pretty brutal. That's all I really know about the event. Yeah, this has become what feels like a, a favorite of some of the American elite. You see a lot of folks traveling over there. Jim and Courtney w went down there last year. Um, I do know the organizers a bit. Um, great, great folks down there. I think they put on a great, great event. And they've really, um, you know, they are one event that's staying independent of the whole UTMB scene. And I think continuing to still up their game immensely every year. So they've got... They started a live stream last year. I'm assuming they'll be doing that this year as well. They are also launching a 100-mile race for the first time this year. Mm. So we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. And they have a slew of distances as well from 32K all the way up to the 100-mile distance. But the 100K has been their premier level race, and that'll be the, the case this year as well. So we're looking through their entry list. Um, Jared Hazen's going to be over there. Drew Holman. Anton Kropichka, Tony. name ring a bell? Is anyone? anyone know? Is Tony still running topless? That's what everyone wants to know. That's what's going to bring in the fans. <laughs> they get some shots of Tony running topless. They'll up their viewership. We've got Sebastian Spieler, uh, who's going to be out there. Michelino Sinceri of the U.S. Hans Namberger, who won Lavaredo this year from Germany. You've got Dmitry Michiev of Russia. Madeira Island second place. Um, Pierre Arel, who I don't know, but was third at Transgrand Canaria. So that's kind of your men's field. And then your women's field, um, definitely handful of top women. We've got Olivia Amber, I believe maybe stepping up to the 100K for the first time. She's been really strong at the shorter distances. Nicole Bitter coming off her third place at Havelina. Camille Bruis of France was 10th mm. at Western States. Mimi Kotka of Sweden, who won Lavaredo. You've got Kelly Wolf, who was fourth here at this race in 2018. And local shout out to Tessa Chesser of Arab Viper Racing Ooh. Team. She is running the 55K, so building back up from an injury that sidelined side her from States this year. I believe Hillary Allen is also in the 100K. Yeah, I did see she was over there, yep. Yep. And we've got pretty big prize purse, $30,000 up for grabs wow. this weekend. So. Nice. That is a nice check to be taken in. However, that gets cut up. Yeah, great job for the organizers. I think you can always see that, right? If, if the race is doing well, more and more people want to go there and race, and the fields just get more and more competitive. We see it here with Javelina and Black Canyon. Put on a good race. If you build it, they will come. Absolutely. Speaking of that, I think that's an excellent transition into McDowell Mountain Frenzy. Oh, uh, let's do it. Nice. Let's um, do it. Yeah, let's. I know we already talked about the fact that these 
these athletes in the 50 miler are competing for a Solomon athlete sponsorship. Um, let's, let's go into it a little it, bit more. Yeah. So the 50 mile athletes will be competing for the golden shoe. What is the golden shoe? Well, the golden shoe is going to land them on the Solomon team for 2023. Um, in my opinion, one of the best prizes you could get with one of the best teams in the world. Um, so yeah, and if you can imagine, uh, we will have a little prize, a little trophy that may resemble a golden shoe. Been working on that. Pretty stoked to bring it out. Um, and we've got a we've got a deep field of of great athletes, both on the men and the women's side. So I am so psyched for this event. We have some race day stuff that uh, you know I haven't posted on the website. A couple of little surprises that'll be fun. Um, We've got the Hard Rock viewing party. We have the Western States viewing party. Chris Warden will be in the in the beer garden, kind of hosting that, making sure everyone's having a good time. We'll be raffling stuff off. A few uh, little surprises for that, which will be fun. Hopefully, we have a few people that are uh, selected in those lotteries, and you might get a little a little swag bag from us. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, the 50K event uh, is just as competitive. We've got some of the Solomon athletes joining us in the 50K. We have Ellie Pell, a golden ticket winner of this past year, joining us in the 50K on the female side. We've got none other than the 50K champion of Pass Mountain joining us for the 50K, Mr. Bryce Brooks. He mm. will be there. Um, yeah, so I'm stoked about the Golden Shoe. It is on our website. It is on the Ultra Sign Up page. It is reserved only for those athletes that do not have a sneaker sponsor for 2023. Currently, Justin Grunewald is the only athlete that is going to be ineligible, but I will be confirming with each athlete uh, that comes across first, asking if they have a sponsor or not. Um, yeah, so it's going to be great. Yeah, I think this is super cool. You know, shout out to you, Scott, for spearheading this effort and kind of having this vision. Um, it's going to hopefully help put put these athletes on the map. And I know we're going to really lift them up and I follow their journey through 2023. So we're it's finally here. It's super exciting. And um, it's going to be a good time. It is. And Aravipe is also going to be giving that those Golden Shoe winners a uh, six-pack entry for races in 2023, excluding Cocodona. Um, so it'll be cool to see this athlete that gets the golden shoe be at our races. And hopefully, like I said, just I think it will be the you know, breakout athlete in 2023. It's going to be so cool to see this all unfold. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like we're attracting, I think, some some athletes that are really strong, have really been working hard and get a chance here to make a name for themselves. They do. And like one thing I think is cool is one, the concept's cool. And now as a team, we've all came up with this golden shoe concept. So like obviously there are golden tickets or, you know, there was the golden trail series. This is a brand new concept with a brand new prize. And it's cool. It's like it's being part of history of our sport. Um, and again, other athletes have, have told me they, they've wanted this in the sport for some time and they've seen it, you know, in the track distances. So all of these athletes that are out in the 50 mile, it's like you're literally going to be a part of history. I remember when Montreal was giving out tickets to uh, Western States, a good friend of mine won one of those. And now that has transpired into the Golden Ticket Series uh, with Hoker and Western States. And 
I think this is just year one on a journey of this race that's going to grow and grow and grow. And this will be a marquee event, not just this year, for every calendar year coming up. Yeah, so this is not supposed to be a one-time thing. We hope to, to replicate this and continue to grow the event, not not just for these athletes that are trying to land a sponsorship, but I think for more competitive athletes too. Yeah, 100%. It's, yeah, this this is year one of a, a multi-year approach to what we're going to do with this race. We have some stuff in the works for 2023, which we'll get into in 2023. Awesome. Let's go through the field a little bit more. Um, I really want to shout out some of these contenders. So of course we mentioned Justin Grinwald who, uh, currently sponsored by ultra. So wouldn't be eligible for this, but really, and that's what we love to see. You know, he wants to target this race. He's been excited about it for a while. Um, it is just a, it's a classic course in my opinion. It's got a, a bit of everything, which is why we selected it for this prize specifically. Uh, we've got Adam Gloyeski from Oxford, Ohio Winner was last, year. last year's coming back and also had a big hundred mile win. Which hundred miler did he win? Do you have that at your uh, disposal here? I bet I do. Let me see. And he's been training. So looks like, well, in 2021, 4,250 miles run. So Oof. high mileage guy. Um, it was, uh, the Indiana trail 100. Oh yeah. Okay, so that must have been a pretty, hours or so, pretty, I think, right? It was just sub 16, 1552. Nice. nice. We got Peter Davidson of Tucson coming off a win at the Bigfoot 40 miler and third at Zane Gray. Also third at the, for now, rest in peace, Pinal Peak 50K. Mm-hmm. Got to bring that bad boy back. <laughs> uh, lots of podiums and races at a lot of the Tucson area Arizona Trail events. We got Samuel Collins from Alpine, Utah was fourth at run rabbit run 100 just 25 minutes behind arlen glick and so yeah he's a beast of an athlete i see his name on a lot of a lot of big events and he is definitely just knocking on that door and these are the athletes we want to see those athletes that just been knocking at that door of these big races this is the one we had he had a bit of a blow up at looks like black canyon this year placed 42nd so probably maybe had a bit of a gamble at that one yeah. i'm sure it'll pay off here at some point nathan wren of flagstaff was fourth at the Georgia Death Race, third at the Copper Corridor 2022, with a uh, a beatdown over Bryce here. I almost had him. <laughs> we got uh, Aravipa Racing Team member from Colorado, Graham Shalvoy. Uh, I think he had to withdraw from Havelina, so he's probably looking for some resurrection in the McDowells. We have John Giblin, I know, second at Leadville this year, having a tremendous wow. year. Yep, second place finish at Leadville. He is doing the last, I don't know, six, 12 months has really been tearing it up. Talking to some of his uh, friends, Don, who we saw uh, break those those treadmill records, had uh, put him on my radar. And yeah, I mean, I think he's ready. He is stoked for this race. And another athlete, Galen Hecht, coming down from Alaska. He is just going to come down. The racing up there is so unique and different. I got to experience some of that. The last year and i've lived up there before um so i don't think you can look at his ultra sign up and have a fair assessment uh but i think he is definitely a contender to win this race i think it's interesting just the males in the 50 miler i mean just the ones we covered so far they're doing rugged races like they're not they're not doing yeah. i mean just Thompson like flat Peak stuff. is going to be a joke yeah yeah <laughs> maybe not 
But yeah, I don't know. Like, right? I think that also opens this race up. I mean, as we all know, running rugged versus running faster trails are two different parts of the sport. They, your gait has changed. You need to be efficient running fast. And for like a course like this, or like when I was gearing up for Javelina, I'm doing a lot of road running because that's what you're, you're running with a typical road running gait as those technical rugged trails, you have a lot of lateral movement. The movement is just different. So you need to be efficient at that. So it'll be cool to see. How does this play out? If you're just a, a typical mountain athlete, you might not have the wheels to, uh, to do it. And it could lead to some blowups. It could, because the pacing's different too. Everything about this is just a little different for those rugged athletes. So, but then you have, you know, the athletes like Dakota Jones that come out here for Javelina, traditional true. mountain runner, absolutely crushed it. So, very true. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so cool to see uh, how this race goes down. Let's talk about some of the top women. Um, I think one of the favorites, at least on from our assessment, will be Georgia Porter, a Flagstaff local here was first at the run rabbit 50 miler in 2022 mm -hmm. also touched overall beating all the men as well first overall wow uh first at tusher 70k third at broken arrow first at crown king second black canyon 60k so that was just in this year of 2022 <sighs> so she's really uh stepping up in the distance so this you know it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, I, I know think she, she's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, she did a reboot of training after uh, Run Rabbit Run. So this is going to be her first race going into this new season. So I know she's been building fitness. 99% sure she was out on course last weekend or two weekends ago, checking out that Thompson Peak climb. Um, so yeah, she's going to be, I think she'll be setting the pace early, but there is a lot of other competitive females, which I'm sure you're going to list off. Yeah. Caitlin Vogelsberg of Tucson. So, you know, we are seeing quite a few Arizona athletes was fourth at old Pueblo 50 mile first at the Oracle rumble first at Colossal Vale. So hitting up a lot of the local Tucson's and side note, sign up for black Canyon hundred K coming up as well. And we got uh, local to Phoenix, Megan Slavin. She's been had a per off period here, I think, due to an injury, but has been really strong with third at Mogan Monster 100, first at Whiskey Basin 91K in the past. So is definitely familiar with uh, the Aravipa scene. We've got Taylor Rohan coming in from Colorado, was second at the Ram Party Heavy Half this year. So kind of an Aravipa Colorado shout out. Mm -hmm. We've got Elizabeth Pudnick of Washington, Illinois, eighth at Pime de Palm 100 was fifth at Clinton Lake hundred in March 26th at tunnel Hill in 2021. So that'll be a bit of a wild card. Maybe we'll see how she can do mm -hmm. has that hundred mile experience. And then we have summer I ego. I go, I go. Thank you. I should probably know that at this point. Um, second, uh, coming off, I think also an injury this year into the fall, but was second at the jackass 31 K she uh shaping up for a strong run here bryce i think she is uh yeah so she was targeting rough canyon uh back in october mm -hmm. in her hometown of grand junction which was the inaugural inaugural year um broke her toe pacing at mogion it was like the first 1.5 miles oh. into a 25 mile pacing stretch oh. and so she, it, it was a whole thing i ended up picking her up from the finish line like the next morning <laughs> But uh, recovered from that, she's feeling good. She's hit Thompson Peak a couple times recently. She's done lots of Pemberton. She knows the course. So, yeah. Nice. I think she's got to think she'll be strong out there. Awesome. 
well, stay tuned. We will have some coverage on race day, uh, timing from timing points and, and some social coverage. So stay tuned for that. We got some other fun surprises in store. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else with the 50 miler? Or should we move on to a little couple highlights of the shorter distances? 50 miler. That's about it. We will be throwing in on all the distances, those Strava segments as well. We are looking at a little king and queen of the mountain for those 50 milers that want to boogie on up Thompson Peak as fast as they can. We haven't decided if we're going to put it on the up or the down. We might try to kill you on the down, but we'll decide that this week and we'll get that up on the website. If, uh, One year we had a prize for whoever got to the top of Thompson Peak first. Mm. We had like a hundred dollar gift card, I think, to like a run store. Cool. It was just like they just handed it to him. Nice. It was like if you want to just, you know, Tuck run up there and destroy your race, yeah. feel free. Yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. I don't know if we should put it on the up or the down. If we have any viewers watching this, if they, uh, anyone in the chat, if they have an opinion, if they'd rather see it on the up or the down, where it's a toss up right now. You could. I mean, you're gonna see you're gonna see Ross and Patrick on top, so you have a little motivation to get up yep. there. Get a couple yeah. high fives before you get back down. Maybe that'll help you go up. I don't know. I would prefer the up. That's me. Yeah. Going down that is so steep, but we'll see what It'll if we have any carnage. input. Yep, and big shout-out, Ross and Patrick, heading up there. Great guys. Uh, moving into our other distances. So, of course, the Desert Runner Trail Series continues. Run three out of the seven races, score points. And we're going to be following this a lot more closely this year after each race. So we've got the 50K incredible single loop course absolutely love this race course um chris myers out of la um, an athlete fourth at broken arrow 46k first at the bulldog ultras and quicksilver and black canyon 60k you might have your work cut out for you here bryce yeah sounds like he's pretty fit but uh i keep doubting bryce and i shouldn't do that i love you dude this is gonna be great um i think you welcome the competition though Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was stoked to see, especially when you see like Solomon athlete on their Strava profile. I wasn't stalking him on Strava or yeah. anything. I, yeah. Just assuming it's on there. Nice. Well, we got Bryce Brooks, our current leader of the Hawk series, uh, coming back for the 50 K this year. Um, Roy Pearson of local to fountain Hills mm-hmm. was so, second. Oh, you have something to say about this one about Roy. Yeah. So I haven't, I think I've maybe run a race a few at the same time as Roy, but I've never really like met him in person, but we did the Mazatol, uh, rim runners, 18 mile this past weekend. And, uh, there was just some guy couldn't shake the whole climb. Really? It was <laughs> Come Roy. to find out. Yeah. Roy. So we chatted afterwards. Cool guy. But yeah, I'm excited to see him out there too. Nice. He's got a seventh at crown King, a fifth at pass mountain and definitely a home field advantage. Yeah. Definitely. He lives there in Fountain Hills. I know he hits Pemberton all the time. So cool. that's, oh, there's, he, he's going to want this one then. There's something to be said about it. We got, uh, also Aravipa staff member, Andy Klink registered for Ooh. the 50 K and he's coming off a third place at the Marquette 50 miler and second at the stunner 50 K. And I think he had just about every course record when I was going over the past mountain short distance races. When I was updating the website after that, it was like, of course, who's got the, who's got this course right? Andy, Andy. And it was he's just the hitting short, him up, hitting them all. He's I either hitting him up or he's playing yeah. some funky stuff with the results. He is our timer. So, or, yeah. or he just knows, he just feels out the competition, jumps <laughs> yeah. in where he can he go. He knows to. which race is the target. <laughs> nice. Um, let's go to the women's side for the 50 K. So we've got definitely some locals here. We've got our current leader of the Hawk series, Bella Ward coming back, signed up for all of them, just like Bryce for the whole fall series here. 
We've got Ellie Pell, who won our golden ticket, the golden ticket at Bandera uh, mm-hmm. this year. Tracy Campagna. Campagna. Thank you. Crusher. Uh, She's a crusher. She's been a little absent from the scene, um, but she has. Oh, wait. No, just kidding. First ultra since Santan Scramble 2020, but has kind of shifted focus to the shorter stuff. So. Hypnosis 36K, Mesquite Canyon 8K, Elephant Mountain 6K, Coldwater 4-miler, Santan Scramble 5K, and Frenzy 5-miler wins across Uh, the board. Last year at Dirt Series, I swear every race I was calling out her name for a win. So, yeah, I'm stoked to see Tracy out there as a local athlete. She's very, very fast. I know she's really fit coming off a lot of short-distance road racing. And like I said, this course, 50K course, it's so beautiful. It's so runnable. It's so fast. So, yeah, I mean, Tracy is, I mean, I'm sure strategy-wise, I'm not sure how tuned in she is on that, but just from speed and fitness, she is going to be tough to be. Uh, Scott, would I be correct in remembering her wearing a Run Faster hat? She wore, she did, she I have seen her. She won, which we'll be doing again, our December Desert Classic Challenge, something the Run Faster team puts on with Soul Sports. We'll be doing it again this year. And she won one of the uh, one of the one of the green hats ah, last year with it. Got it. Rachel Lemke of Manitou Springs uh, was fifth at Run Rabbit 100 miler. Uh, has also done well at Broken Arrow 46k, Black Canyon 100k, and was first at Old Dominion 100 miler in 2021. Wow, this 50k so, women's field could be the race to watch, huh? Definitely. Uh, moving down to our 25k, we've got our Owl Series as part of the Desert Runner Trail. Kind of the a lot of the Familiar faces, Julian uh, Cuey was third at Pass Mountain uh, 25K. We also have Dan Watson, second at Pass Mountain 25K. And Ryan Wagner of Great Britain, actually. Mm-hmm. So was f- has done the Triple Crown of 200s, was third at Tahoe 200 in 2018, fourth at Moab 240, and fourth at Bigfoot 200 in 2017. So has done those races multiple times and has done well there. So just doing a shorter one for some reason. Yep. Uh, for the women, we have Amanda Westergaard was fourth at Pass Mountain 25K. Christina Pattison, uh, third at Zane Gray 100K this year uh, and second last year, was first at Elephant Mountain 50 Miler, one of my mm. favorite all-time 50 mile races in 2021. Megan Galopi, of course, local here to Phoenix, third at Copper Corridor 25K or 50K, second at Pemberton 25K, and Mogan Monster 100 Miler. So watch out for those women. Some will be moving up the standings, I'm sure, after mm-hmm. the uh, doing two in a row here. And our shorter ones, let's keep an eye out for uh, Jesse Marmon, was our Pass Mountain 10K winner. Mm hmm. A, she'll be doing the 10-miler here. Alicia Morton, second place at Pass Mountain 10K, also in for the Frenzy 10-miler. We got Sam Lev, won Pass Mountain 5K, doing the 5-miler here at Frenzy. And Francesca Ferry, second place female at the Pass Mountain 5K, doing the Frenzy 5-miler. So Quail Series getting some action there too. Yeah, and all these series pass holders, I would love if you come up, introduce yourself to me after the event. We're going to be seeing a lot of each other over the next couple months. There's a lot of a lot of names I see, and it can be tough to put the face to the names, and I would love to meet each and every one of you that are coming out to these events. So don't be bashful on race day. Come say hi. But each field, it's pretty it's pretty deep, and that's where you're like, I've, I've kind of 
try to get the word out there to just, you know, I've been fortunate to live in different parts of this country and race in different parts of this country. And I'll reach out to my friends in different regions and ask like, hey, like what's going on with the trail racing scene there? And one thing I've noticed here, and I've only been here for, I was here last year for the Dirt Series. Now this is my second year. It's amazing, right? Like you get great athletes at every single distance at these events, like the five mile distance, like you have great fast athletes. Whereas something I kind of saw at least back East and stuff, it was more like, all right, yeah, there'd be a similar trail event where 50K, marathon, 10K, but it seemed like all the competition was kind of concentrated to one distance. And it was like, all right, we're gonna put on these events. Whereas here, it is so cool for me to see, it was so cool for me to see an experience last year seeing how the depth of field at each race distance um i just think it's so cool i think it's so cool that if you say hey i want to run the five mile i want to run the 10 mile the 25 like you can be at it and be like oh wow like i got my work cut out for me here so it's it's so cool um and i think that's part of like we have this great racing season people want to take advantage of it um and those that don't live in this area like i can't say it enough like yeah probably you can't just hop on a plane ticket for this upcoming race, but we have this spring series that I could guarantee you, you will love the event. I've talked to a few people on the East coast that are going to be coming out for elephant mountain. Um, so think of it. It doesn't matter what distance, if you're a shorter distance runner, a longer distance runner, we have that distance and that competition for you. Yeah. I mean, I think these are great. It's great for people that are from, I think, you know, the Northern part of the country or back East or, or anywhere you want to get some sun in the winter time. And yeah, we've really tried to make, yeah, come for any distance, but even the longer ones, we've tried to really create epic courses that will be worth it for you. Sometimes I don't like to travel unless it's something really, sure. you know, premier level, but I think, you know, we've kind of adjusted these courses to, to make them better. So yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, and I, yeah, that elephant mountain course, which is in, f uh, February, that 50 mile course is so cool. Um, and that's what I know two athletes coming out for. So yeah, take a look at the, take a look at the spring calendar. If you're all, you know, looking at flying in, we have some great opportunities for, for the spring. Awesome. What do we got next, Bryce? I think we got a few quick takes. Awesome. And then maybe Any questions too. I don't know. There if are, we did chat. get some questions. Let's, uh, you want to run through those before we do some quick takes here? Sure. <laughs> One more quickie on, on Frenzy for all those athletes, because I do get the emails. Will Freak Brothers be there? Freak Brothers will be coming out. Pizza at the finish line. So Committed. Committed. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a deciding factor for some athletes. Am I going to run the race or not? Is Freak Brothers there? The, all right, we're coming. So if you're still thinking about it, just know you got good pizza waiting for you at the finish line. We got Brittany in the chat saying she's flying out for Elephant Mountain. Is super excited. Love to hear that. Yep, that's a great course. Can't wait uh, to host you. It's from Affluent Journeys. Uh, it's a request for Scott to say, park the car. Wow, park the car. <laughs> park the car, wear your sneakers. <laughs> we did. We were debating calling it the golden sneaker. It just wasn't wasn't ringing as well as the golden shoe. There was only going to be uh, one of us that could pronounce it correctly, mm. and that would be sneaker. 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 Uh, Jamil, question for you. Um, assuming you're going to be, I'm assuming this is going to talk about the running event. Okay. Maybe. Where can people hang with Jamil and Austin next week? Oh May gosh. there be a hangout? I guess I have to go now. Huh? This is a. I've been debating going because I have, I'm, I put my race director hat back on this year in 2022. So I'm directing uh, Fat Ox 
I'm also directing Tucson Marathon, also directing across the years coming up. So, and Jackpot. Woo! Seriously, hats off. I mean, he does so much work around the clock and to put that on your plate, it's a, it's a lot of work. Hopefully temporarily, but yeah, it's been fun digging back in and, and kind of doing the, the RD stuff again. So it's been a good time and I can't wait to be hanging out with everyone. Um, but yeah, I am trying to squeeze in a couple days. I guess keep an eye on my Twitter account. That would probably be the best way. That question came from Skylar, by the way. Oh yeah, of course it did. <laughs> and now he's got the truth. He's been like, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, are you gonna commit? Uh, are there any updates with Camille Heron's record that you're aware of? Oh yeah, did we talk about that last week? We did. Oh we, yeah, we yeah. did. Um, oh, there was an update. Um, so it came from Ken Rubley, the former uh, owner of Jackpot. Um, they put out a press release, uh, I guess, kind of telling his side of the story. Um, so you can go check that out. At, that's, you can find it on Endurance Sportswire. Um, but he is he is taking the stand of that it was the proper distance. And so I don't know uh, if there is any more if there's going to be any more action on this or not. Um, you know, I'm a bit on the outside looking into this situation. You know, we we didn't take over the event until until recently just the last few months here so a lot of that uh had already taken place so um i don't know i don't know what's going to happen uh but there there does seem to be you know some discrepancies between the organizer and usatf and i don't know i think it's another it's a it's a learning opportunity i think hopefully that we can all as race organizers and as usa track and field and working together if we can I don't know. Come yeah, don't, a, a way to arbitrate these things. Seems like there could be some improvement there. I always think, right, and I don't know this, or there, there could be, but there needs to be an appeal process for Camille. This can't be a one party says it all. I feel there needs to be USATF officials, Ken, Camille, out there for the measurement, right? Let's see, we have the video footage, but I do think that there needs to be an appeal process. We see it in other aspects on records, um, so there needs to be an appeal process and it needs to be transparent. And maybe there is, I might, I, like I said, I don't know about that. I mean, my understanding of the situation, I agree with you. My understanding of the situation is Ken, Ken had it remeasured. USATF came months later to remeasure. There didn't seem like there was great communication. I could be wrong. Um, but I do know, I believe Ken was not there when he USATF not, came yeah. out. Camille was, I think basically not involved at all in any of this was kind of, blindsided by the entire situation so yes but i think if you are going if there is a dispute about everything i mean it was clear that the course was not run per certification like that's a fact but yes when okay we are going to come and remeasure the race run let's have everyone involved come out mm -hmm. let's all go out let's all be there let's look at all the video evidence because there was plenty because we were the ones out there we have plenty of drone footage. We have 4K drone footage of the whole thing. We know how it was set up. We could have a, a third party, someone that's like, okay, we have screenshot of this drone shot of this corner. We're gonna replace the cone based upon the aerial, mm -hmm. get a surveyor involved, I don't know. Okay, we can all agree this is how it was played out on race day. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, now let's get our independent measurers. Maybe each person brings one. Okay, hey, measure it, measure it. 
Let's compare our notes. Okay, we got this, we got this. It looks like it all checks out. Was it above the line or below the line? Yeah. You know, then you're like, well, shoot, it is what it is. Or like, yeah, it looks like it was the proper distance. If you if you do anything short of that, I feel like it's an injustice. Yeah. It is. And and obviously when you hear Jamil talk about that process, right? Now we think of that appeal process and there's a lot of money involved, right? I mean, now whoever is going to be funding this, if there is an appeal, right? I'm assuming USATF is not going to, you know, initiate this appeal, but someone's going to need to fly out the USATF official. Someone's going to need to get Ken out there. So it will be a process, but I do think that that process is important for the athlete, for our sport. So yeah, hopefully that, that process is transparent on their website and and there is like that third party is so important. Yeah. We need the third party. We have it in other aspects that, that officiate in sport and we need it here. We need a third party. We need everyone there. Um, so we'll see. That's all as much as we know. Mm-hmm. All right. Quick takes. Quick takes. Let's go. Uh, let's see what we got. Oh, uh, yeah. So Camille, give him a little whoop whoop. Yep, Camille looking to. So, yeah, looking forward to chasing her 24-hour, 100-mile record in a few weeks at Desert Solstice. 12 hour. 12 hour. Thank you. Yeah, so this is the record in question at Jackpot. So, you know, the one thing, she did have the record before. So she still mm-hmm. has the world record, but... You know, you never want to. If you lower it, you want credit for that. Yeah, you never know. But she does have a chance for redemption, I guess, or to kind of set the record straight. And I guess then it kind of becomes a bit of a moot point. So I guess maybe we can all just cross our fingers that she just goes under that 1241 and yep. it won't matter anymore what took place there. And it sounds like she is very, very, very fit. So I hope she does it. It's interesting. If you click on her in the middle there, um, I guess she was in the book world, the book, the Guinness Book of World Records mm-hmm. for, and I didn't realize that that was happening because you probably needed a a Guinness official there. So yeah, that's kind of curious. It. Like, I don't think they give that out unless they are witnessing it sure. or unless they were able to certify it through the. Yeah, I feel like with Guinness, stream. you have to have someone there. I thought I've heard that that's before with other think. records. If you're yeah. going for a Guinness record, that someone comes out. So who knows how they do things these days, but of course. Guinness would not supersede right. our governing bodies in the sport. But. Sure. Uh, yep. Two weeks. Go, Camille. Go, Camille. Uh, so this was... So <laughs> maybe one of the pitfalls of, of live streaming, <laughs> especially road, road marathons. Uh, oh, boy. So BBC... Apparently, I think they mentioned in here that this is the first time that they've done it. Uh, but they're doing like a live stream of a road marathon. And so they've got a bike cam and they're, <laughs> I think this is like one of the first times they actually switch marathon. Right? <laughs> like, this looks like an ultra. Yeah, it does. <laughs> just jogging. And so this is live. Oh boy. <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> they're losing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, many of the, uh, the big races, if you get caught taking a bathroom break outside of the bathroom areas, you get a lifetime ban from those oh. events. I know some of the majors have, have tried to put that in place. I don't know how the actual 
the how it actually I mean this is a out. real concern I think for the the sport of trail and ultra running as we continue to develop more live streams and more continuous live coverage of the front of the pack because as you know racing out there like this happens all the time people mm -hmm. are peeling off yep. taking a leak etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh I've had to myself and also working with some of our drone operators pull the feed mm. when you see someone that's kind <laughs> yeah. of like veering off and you're like yeah Got we gotta it. cut that. We gotta cut that feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is interesting. Yeah, I could see how that would be. Yeah, trail running obviously is so different, right? You can peel off, go find something to hide under the road. You're pretty exposed. Uh, I don't know. I guess you gotta wait till you get to those porta porta restaurants. <laughs> you gotta hold it or something. You gotta hold it. Um. So this was. I saw this. I don't know what to make of it. Need I wanted to roof. get your opinions on it. And the bear suit is running through Ohio. So look at this character. Unless this is a joke, like an online prank, it sounds like there's a man running across America in that bear costume. He and goes it, by Bear Runs. Yep. And it's not his first attempt. This is his third attempt. To run across America in a bear suit? Yes. The, wow. It, it says, quoted here, first attempt, my mind collapsed. Second attempt, my entire body collapsed. Now here I am. The third attempt, all in one year. I couldn't let it go. I won't let it go. I said I was all in when I set my mind to this task. No matter how hard life hits, I won't let myself down. Come hell or high water, I will get it done. This what if the costume collapses on the third attempt? <laughs> yeah. That would be my fear. Yeah, I don't know about this costume run. You know, it's a fun thing. You can bang out a marathon or something in the costume. Like, it does we just, seem weird. He's like running in the grass in the median. Like this could be fake. I, yeah. Right. And the, all the pictures are from like the same area. Yeah. So look out for the bear crossing the rest of Ohio via US 40. We might have got punked on the bear suit. I it's, don't even see it's a possible. Yeah. Yep. We'll have to look into this. I don't even. I'm trying to figure out what shoes they are. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the last one I had here, there I wanted an obnoxiously large bear head. Yeah. It's there's no just, way he's doing it. No way. The more I think about it, the less realistic it is. I like to believe that he's doing it. Check like Snopes or something, right? Yeah. Bear runs. We'll check him on Insta. I, there's nothing that I could see there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think so. Somebody left a comment. This is Affluent Journeys again. At Sierra's and all on YouTube, they were showing everybody dropping trout and didn't cut away. Saw Woo! everything. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> see, this is, this is going to be a real problem. Like when you have continuous coverage... You got to have people that are focused just on like anticipating right. the body well, language of like what's about to happen here. Yeah, it's pretty obvious too. So I was listening to, I watched a documentary. It's how they do it with the NFL. So every single game has a person, an employee there dedicated to controlling the volume. So they have it muted. They break the huddle. They, they let the mute off so you can hear them. They hike the ball, they count one, two, three, and then they mute it again. Because these are these are like microphones in the player's gear that you could hear them. Wow. See, there's a couple things there. Um, one, they also have a TV delay to work with, mm -hmm. right? And that's not something that I think we've done with the live streams, but it that is maybe something to look into, is having like a 15, 20 second delay of some kind that you can adjust. Also, the idea of miking up athletes is in, would be incredible for a live stream. Could you imagine that? You get like the banter and like the lead pack. Uh, yeah, that would How be, cool would that would be? Because cool. you could have a drone shot.
from far out, but then you have the live audio of the guys like and gals mixing it up. And I think you could probably do it like because usually that packs only for the first you know five or you know the start of the race. Like mic someone gets... up and they just drop it at the if, first aid yeah. station or something. If it can be hooked up to like a phone basically, and you could just get that that audio feed. All right, I might I might volunteer for this. I'll be mic'd up for the next event I'm doing or something. Perfect. Or I guess you could have like. <laughs> You just have a guy with a boom pole like running Bryce. for the first six miles. <laughs> Bryce is running with a gimbal in one hand and the boom pole on the back. Oh, I'm going to fall so hard if incredible. I do that. Oh, that, it would be cool. Yeah. I think it would just add so much to a live stream. So we are going to work on this. Now we're letting all of our great ideas out into the, yeah. to the ecosystem. You could even hear like breathing. You could tell who's working harder than others. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's something I usually listen to when I'm running. Uh -huh. when I'm li if I'm in the pack, I listen to breathing. And if there's people around me, I breathe real quietly. Yep. <laughs> you got to play the game. And when I do see it, like I saw Bryce out at Javelina. Whenever I see Chris out there doing some gimbals, I try to give him some good sound bites. Some stuff it was that's fun. a little wacky. Uh, I got some fun clips of you from this last one. Yep. Um, I thought we'd close it off with uh, maybe getting your opinion on three of the ugliest shoes I've ever found on the internet nice. uh, as far as like running shoes go. Uh, the first one is going to be the Reebok ATV. Ooh, look at this thing. Holy mackerel. Wow. I'm not even sure what to say. Look how they're coming out of the side there. Max grip or worst grip? I mean... The actual surface area that touches the yeah. ground is going to be low. I'd like to talk to the designers on this one. See, how did this even come out? Any, any idea the price on that shoe? $275. Mm, I, I want to say it's around 140 I want to say it was... You don't see too many Reeboks entering in the uh, the running world, huh? Not so much. Has anyone side. ever ran on the Reebok trail shoe? Is that a trail shoe? I don't even know if that's a trail shoe. I don't know that it is. I don't think it would be a trail shoe because I would think like rocks could get stuck in between the, uh, the oh, things. Definitely. Yeah, but they look just like the on, like all, half of the on shoes are Cloud like that. Monster or something. Yeah. Hmm. Um, option number two. This is the Vivo. So I think this is the same company that the finger shoes. This is not a water shoe. This is an ultra shoe. What you're seeing on the left here is the yeah, sock yeah. insert that's removable. Oh, this is all part of one shoe. Yes. What's that thing in the middle? <laughs> I was trying to. Maybe that, that goes out. over the shoe, over the. No, I it don't. looks like it goes there, and maybe, maybe, yeah, the top of the shoe is what I was thinking. I'm not positive. It seems like there is a trend of like shoes being modular. Yeah, you've got, of course, the Speedlands yep. having a modular component. This looks like some sort of a modular situation. I don't know. We yeah. have in the future, maybe. 3D printing shoes. 3D printing your own parts for shoes. I just don't, I don't like anything modular in the shoe, and we've seen it with other things because I feel it has a, a potential to slip while you're running. Just mm -hmm. move slightly, right? Because you've seen it with soles. And if those if those move slightly, then it's like, all right, you got to take off your shoe and fix it. So I am, uh, I am against the modular shoes at the moment. Yeah, I think you would just, I mean, anywhere in the desert, you'd end up with gravel and sand in between there. It would just be a disaster, I think, with all those holes in the outer part. Yeah. It's the, probably uh, not designed for... Desert trail it's running. called the Ultra. No. The Ultra. U L T R A. Designed for the those, uh The Vivo Ultra. Like Ultra? it's U L T R A is the model Everyone of the shoe name. That name. Yeah, that that I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a fail for an Ultra shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Woo boy! The Spring Blade. I'm sure that's legal. <laughs> Look at this thing. It's Adidas. Adidas. It's one of their old road shoes from really? a few years ago. 
I don't even know how that, I mean, maybe that would work. Would that work? I'd be curious. Like I would never buy any of these shoes, but I'd like to put them on and what's the energy return like that. Yeah. I would just like to just run and see how it feels. It just seems like that's a tough sell, (laughs) right? You're the guy in the room. You're trying to sell sneakers. You're the woman in the room designing this. You're trying to sell sneakers who, you know what I mean? How are you selling that? And then this one wasn't actually on there, but I think it kind of has to be included in the competition. Oh, the famous the, yeah. downhill. Still have never worn these. Downhill dream. Me either, but people who wear them talk highly of them. Do they still sell these? Yeah. Wow. Too fitty. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just like a gimmick, but no. it's real. They're hiking shoes. Oh, they're hiking shoes. Uh, I mean... I think they're under the trail runner. If you look, I think they're under trail running shoes, but I think they're more of a hiker. I remember because REI, I think we, we had some of these out there one-offs and that's how we would sell them to people. Nathaniel Chan, Soul Sports, I know has worn these as hikers hmm. and said he likes them. Interesting. But they're fun to make fun of. Yeah. I'm going with, I might have to go with the, uh, the Reebok sneaker. You're going with the Reeboks? I think I'm going with that. I don't even know what I don't know what to do with it. Those I don't... are ugly. I think I would go for the Adidas. Yeah. That's my Oh, vote. the spring blades. Sure. Yeah, I think it's pretty ugly. Yeah. All right. Horrendous. I think I would I think I would go with Scott. I think the Reeboks are like there's something about it that just makes me uncomfortable looking at them. It's an alien type Uneasy. of yep. look. Um yeah, that's so that's all I got for quick takes. Awesome. Well, we'll see you at Frenzy shortly, Mr. Scott. Or Fat Ox. Or Fat Ox, yep. We'll see everyone soon, and hopefully everyone has a great holiday. Mm Mm-hmm. We will see you next two weeks, a week from Saturday. Ciao, everybody. Thanks.